podcast. If you remember from last episode, we talked about Oscar Wilde's younger years and left off on meeting Queensberry. We are going to jump right back in. We hope you enjoy. So he has a ton of money. He's like really, really rich and doesn't care about anything because of that. Like he can just do whatever he wants. But Mm -hmm. he doesn't really like his son because he knows what he's doing. He doesn't agree with what's going on with him and Oscar and like his partying. And he's not really doing well at Oxford, obviously, because he's not paying attention to his academics at all. Um, So he's not giving him money. So Bosie kind of relies on Oscar Wilde to take on debt and to pay for all of this. And Oscar doesn't really have that much money. He just Mm -hmm. has what he's getting from his plays and stuff, which are making some money, but not a ton of money. Um, like he's okay until he starts taking on ridiculous amounts of debt from traveling and whatever. So, you know, you know, he didn't want to let money get in the way of these things. But, um, again, it's like, he didn't realize he didn't want to believe that there was going to, there were going to be these consequences. No one does. No one does. No one wants to imagine the consequences of our actions. That's why we do. No, there's actually... (laughs) I mean, exactly. You know, he, it's like one day when you're, you know, like when you're young, you just don't think about the fact that you're going to die. And yeah. One day it kind of just hits you and you're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> so I think Oscar was really just like not okay with that fact because he really, and you know, it comes from the fact that he just loved, he saw life in such a vivid way, you know, mm-hmm. and he loved it so much and like, all of art and everything like that and when that's your when your life is just all about living and brightness and change and etc death is not really a fun thing to think about yeah that's a little bit hard that's a little bit morbid um so yeah he didn't really want to think about that and that's probably good for an artist on some level you know yeah um but um so in the biography of oscar wilde by richard Elman. Um, the Richard Elman includes this quote from Oscar that I think is really good in the last few chapters when he's talking about the end of Oscar's life and the trials um, he writes so Oscar wrote it often happens that the real tragedies of life occur in such an inarticulate manner that they hurt one by their crude violence their absolute incoherence their absurd want of meaning then their entire lack of style <laughs> which you know this is just someone really going through it like <laughs> yeah like basically saying like when shit gets bad it gets bad and it got bad <laughs> it got really bad like you're an artist you're all worried about like what does this mean like oh my god the higher meaning metaphysics etc and then it's like oh the court like courts there's nothing and there's no yeah. higher meaning to courts you know it's yeah. really just bad <laughs> it's not good you need to accept that it's bad it's bad it's petty it's about debt. It's about people's feelings getting hurt. You know, it's just yeah. not, it's not really important on a grand scale. It's very much, you know, like these minor kind of technical and um, individual problems and disputes, which are ugly, <laughs> you know, they're not <laughs> aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not great. Um, but it hits him. Uh when uh, where was i (laughs) (laughs) yes okay so the marcus of queensberry marquess i guess i should say of queensberry queensbury um so he's has a ton of money he doesn't care what people think he's always being rude to people um you know that's what happens sometimes when you're really like um privileged i guess you just don't care about other it's it's, it's in their genes it's in their traits yeah, yeah. He, also he's in nobility so he's been told and people in his family have been told for god knows how long that they're important you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um and you know this is at the time when capitalists and merchants like this is like nobility no longer that important they're having to leverage everything against these capitalists and the bourgeois the yeah bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie. So, <laughs> you know he's mad <laughs> and he's rude and he doesn't like the establishment um 
but he's like conservative like really <laughs> i guess like to- really really conservative because he hates like the like capitalist establishment and you know those people um he's like boisterous belligerent self-entitled uh all those things and he like threatens to beat people with a horse whip a lot apparently oh my god yeah okay (laughs) which it's just something that nobles did apparently to of course to like their peasants or whatever i guess they would just hit them when they were it doesn't doesn't surprise me (laughs) (laughs) so you know he's just carrying on that grand tradition (laughs) of english the english nobility um so anyway, that's kind of why Lord Alfred Douglas is the way he is. Okay. Because <laughs> this is the person raising him. <laughs> you know? I could see it. It makes he, sense. And that's why he really doesn't care about Oscar Wilde's feelings or like well-being at all. Because he's just like, who cares? I'm rich. There are no consequences. Um, and you know, for people like this, there really aren't consequences. <laughs> oh yeah. We've seen it time after time. But for somewhat for a poor Irishman, he's not poor, but you know, a regular Irish person living in England who has no title, not a lot of money, his family isn't gonna be able to help him really. Like there are consequences. Yeah. <laughs> there are gonna be consequences that you're not gonna be able to um necessarily bounce back from really easily. Uh, and that's what happens, you know, um, which I will get to. I keep saying I'm going to get to it. I will get to it. I just want to say another thing about the Marquess of Queensbury, Queensbury to kind of, <laughs> to kind of or Queen. I'm just going to call him Queensbury from now on because I think that's what people call him generally. Um, and that another thing about him, uh, he, ha- he ha- was divorced from his first wife. Then he had another wife who the marriage uh the their marriage was annulled uh-huh. kind of quickly um so obviously <laughs> he's not like people don't like him you know that gets to a person eventually i think that's kind of a consequence maybe that people you anyone has to yeah we're <laughs> hoping that i got to yes. <laughs> yeah but like yeah people, when no one likes you no one loves you <laughs> his children hated him like but i hope that gets to you if no one in your life wants to be around you (laughs) well this did get to queensberry but the way he reacts is the worst way possible (laughs) oh i'm not surprised (laughs) so i mean he's already like cut off lord alfred douglas he has another son who is older than he has he has like a lot of children he has two, at least two sons who are older than Bosey or Lord Alfred Douglas. Um, one of them, whose name I don't remember, um, was kind of having an affair, I guess, with the Prime Minister of England. Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> and, okay. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, all of the stuff is just kind of like deduced. That's the word. All of the stuff is just okay. kind of deduced because no one's talking about it openly exactly, but it's kind of like the only explanation for a lot of what happens so i think that his oldest son is having this affair with the prime minister of england he kills himself um essentially i don't know if that's exactly what happened but like they said it's like a hunting accident or something but like everyone's like "Um, i'm pretty sure he killed himself because people were blackmailing him about this yeah okay (laughs) i was gonna say that was a bit dramatic but fits his character but okay yeah Yeah, so the oldest son kills himself (laughs) that's his heir that's the person who would get the title you know marquess yeah so Um, that would go down to alfred right no 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 because alfred's younger than the next oldest son oh okay but the next oldest son likes alfred like he had you know he they all hate their father so that's kind of the dynamic of the family is like the children versus the father you know and built an alliance yeah amongst the children against the father yeah anyway um so terrible family dynamics yes um lord alfred douglas uh you know the the brother who's kind of more wealthy than lord alfred douglas older more wealthy is the heir to this title he um lord alfred douglas kind of becomes this like proxy uh okay. in the war amongst the 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 noble queensberries 
<laughs> you know, um, they're like, okay, Lord Alfred Douglas is really hated by our father. So we need to, and he really hates our father. And he really wants to, you know, like tear apart our father. Cause you know, he's like writing to him and saying like, I detest you, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and they're like, okay, so we're going <laughs> to fund him to take down our father. <laughs> I'm screaming. He become, oh I don't know God. what the cons, I don't know exactly what the word is, but they're like legal cases when they kind of just find a person who's like in this really weird and particular legal case, like lawyers, and they kind of like yeah. take on that case because they want to prove a legal point. This is kind of what yeah. his siblings are doing to Lord Alfred Douglas. <laughs> like they don't yeah. care about him, they care about making a no. point. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of where about, you, yeah. yeah. That's where you can kind of have sympathy, I think, for Lord Alfred Douglas, even though he's not really a sympathetic character <laughs> or person, yeah. I should say. All, all sympathetic, unsy- unsympathetic characters have some point of sympathy. Like there's something yeah. there's a reason in their lives mm-hmm. that you're just like, oh, maybe if that didn't happen, yes. you wouldn't be like this. But you're so hard to sympathize with it's Mm -hmm. hard for us to be on your side oh yeah yeah I mean that's exactly the case with him like there's a reason why he is the way he is it doesn't erase it doesn't erase Uh, what he does (laughs) he needs to take he is responsible for that like just because there is this terrible thing doesn't mean he had to be this way but he is (laughs) yeah um yeah and it kind of makes sense I guess like you understand that at some level why he is the way yeah but anyway um so yeah, Lord Alfred Douglas becomes the the symbol of the children's hate of the father, and he is funded by his siblings to kind of like pursue this fight, um, and eventually that ends up in the courts, and Oscar Wilde is the reason oh, kind no. of that it ends up in the court. You know, Oscar kind of just becomes sucked into all of this. Oh, no. You know, yeah. it's not good for yeah. him at any, in any way. It's just not good for him. <laughs> Yeah, he, it's like a real Amy Winehouse tragedy where it's like she knows it's not good but she doesn't care there's just there's no way out at that point basically no. like you you're in the center of this tornado and you know it's not going to be good but there's mm-hmm. just no escaping it so you just stay in it yeah he did, again he just really I don't think realized how bad the consequences would be of this like he was just like well whatever you know it's fun bloody yeah um so yes um oscar he becomes entangled in all of these family matters um the thing is oscar had met the marquess of queensbury so the father okay and he the father actually liked oscar (laughs) like he thought he was smart and funny and like witty you know but you know he the this guy doesn't care the father does not care yeah he likes him yeah um and this is actually oscar writes um while he's in prison he writes some poetry i don't know if it's while he's in prison or i think it's after he's let out of prison he writes this poem called the ballad of reading jail um, and jail, for some reason, in England at this time, and maybe still, is spelled G-A-O-L. So um, <laughs> if you're searching this, just uh, take that into account. It's G-A-O-L, <laughs> Ballad of Reading Jail. And Reading is also R-E-A-D-I-N-G, like reading. Uh, which, okay. if you're from Pennsylvania, right, you'll yeah. know that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> if you're from the Northeast, you should know Reading, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes, yeah. Reading. Reading Jail spelled in the weirdest way for no reason (laughs) no reason but so anyway he writes this poem ballad it's long longer um and it's really sad the premise of the poem is that a man is imprisoned for killing his wife um you know and oscar he's observed he's an author or not an author I mean, he is an author, but he's like an artist. So he's observing the people around him while he's in yeah. jail. And I was like, well, this is fascinating. <laughs> Time like, to write Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, jail is terrible for him. Like it is for everyone. everyone. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's really, 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 really bad for him. But he's also 
typical Oscar trying to find the life and the goodness in it. Um, yeah. You know, he's just a really good person. I don't know what else to say. Um, but he, um, so the premise of the poem is that this man has killed his wife and Oscar writes, um, each man kills the thing he loves. By each let this be heard. Some do it with a bitter look, some with a flattering word. The coward does it with a kiss, the brave man with a sword. Some kill their love when they are young and some when they are old. Some strangle with the hands of lust, some with the hands of gold. The kindest use of a knife because the dead so, so soon grow cold. So anyway, he's just talking about how like this deep, deep hypocrisy in people and in society where it doesn't really matter at some point that they love something or that they like it or that they care about it. They just kill it for some reason and hate it for some reason, you know? Uh Um, And I think that's something that we can all relate to where we just, for some reason, start resenting these people who have only been nice to us and cared about us just Uh because, you know, we're so self-interested at some points. and just cared about ourselves and so we do stupid things um and you know it doesn't always end up in people being imprisoned but or in death but sometimes it does um very unfortunately so I mean I think um he kind of writes he says that at some point um what does he say yeah he says for each man kills the thing he loves yet each man does not die so you know there is differential consequences for mm-hmm. killing things you know it really depends on the context um so anyway he writes that and that's kind of this point about the marquess he likes oscar but and you know he's probably at some level jealous of his son for being able to live this fun life where people kind of like him you know <laughs> yeah kind of kills him too and in a way kills his joy a <laughs> real kill joy um so deep hypocrisy deep deep they need some family therapy (laughs) really if freud (laughs) freud could have flown over a little bit earlier (laughs) be like all right where do we start (laughs) could have been helpful um so what happens is um Queensberry wants to go to a um, performance of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest in London and throw vegetables at Oscar. I think what happened at that time was that like the playwright would come out at some point and introduce themselves after the player before. I don't know. There wasn't a lot to do. So playwrights just attended every performance, I guess, of their play. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I know it makes sense. I feel like yeah. people, some playwrights mm-hmm. or like modern or contemporary mm-hmm. playwrights still kind of do that. And I think Oscar was really involved in the production and direction of his plays, you mm-hmm. know, too. Kind of like Shakespeare, I guess. Yeah. It was like the whole business he was involved in. Yeah. Um, so um, the Marquess or Queensberry wants to go there and throw vegetables. <laughs> Oscar, just a mean person, a mean, mean person. Uh, um, Like, I don't know if he was going to, like, yell out some accusations, whatever. Anyway, Oscar learns about this, you know, and is like, okay, he tells the, like, theater company, like, don't let him in, so they don't, and so that doesn't happen. Oh, I'm glad that they listened to him. Well, you know, maybe it would have been better if he had just thrown vegetables because it gets so much worse. Oh, no. <laughs> so too soon. <laughs> so, so, we're, so on um, February 18th, 1895. So okay. again, Oscar was born in 1854, did I say? Yes, 1854. So this is 1895. He's 39 or 40. Um, yeah. Getting, so, you know, some time has passed. Um on February 18th, 1895, Queensbury, or Queensbury, I, sorry, the pronunciation is good. <laughs> Queensbury leaves a card at Wild Social Club. So people were parts of social clubs. Yeah, okay. It's called the Albemarle. Um, it's like a country club, I guess. Yeah. Except or like, really just sitting in a room, smoking the pipe, talking yeah, to Yeah, so it'd be like the equivalent of like the Ivy League like clubhouse that they have. Yeah, in like Randall. the Harvard, Yale, Princeton. Club yeah, the ones that, that yeah. are like downtown for me. Mm-hmm. 
yeah exactly like like all these big schools Mm -hmm. kind of just like meeting people in your social class and yeah your upper social class and fraternizing (laughs) with them um the Albemarle though was I think one of the first um uh um like men and women could be a member could be members of this club so you know relatively progressive for yeah I'm um, so anyway, Queensberry goes there. He leaves a card for Oscar that says, for Oscar Wilde posing Somdomite. Okay. He, misspe- he writes Somdomite. He misspells Sodomite. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just dumb and mean, but with a ton of money, really rich. Uh, that's the worst <laughs> kind. You can't be dumb and mean and rich. Like you can't be all three. Well, he is. You can't. That's like, no. <laughs> so he leaves this card there. Um, Oscar isn't there. You know, everyone at this club knows Oscar Wilde. He's famous, <laughs> um, et cetera. And so he leaves this card. It's spelled S-O-M-D-O-M-I-T-E. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's just misspelled. And yeah. also, you can find a picture of this card because it's entered into evidence in the okay. trial. And so it has like an A on it for exhibit A. <laughs> but his handwriting is really bad too. Like it's hard to read. Um, so anyway, Oscar's like, what the hell does this say? <laughs> he gets it 10 days later, by the way. So it's just been sitting at this club for 10 days. I was screaming. And All that's right. not good. Cause I guess people can just look at it. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure of the whole like visiting card system. It was a big deal in that time, though. Okay, yeah. Because people didn't text each other, you know? <laughs> oh, my God, So that's yeah. how he left messages. So Wilde gets this card, and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> I can't allow this. Um, so he um, basically wants to sue... Um, he wants to sue Queensberry for libel. Okay. Um, okay, so two terms, I guess we should define at this point. Sodomy is <laughs> like basically illicit sex, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure if the, there might be like a more technical definition at that time. I don't know. But it just means <laughs> unapproved relations, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Um, so he accuses Wilde, and this is a crime, by the way, <laughs> at the time. Oh, yeah. Say. Definitely it's... a crime still a crime today the particular text of the law is kind of interesting because the law is it's very vague by by the way like i said it's kind of vague the text of the law is um uh so the crime would be any per any male person commissioning any act of gross indecency with another male person okay Okay. (laughs) so you can see how that can just be anything yeah people don't like yeah. Um, although women are not included in this because Queen Victoria famously refused to believe that women would have relationships with other intimate relationships with other women. Of course. She's just Cause like, no, Because why, why would women? Why would women do that? Why would women want other women? <laughs> no, they're just good housewives, you know. Um, they're so, prim and proper. Exactly. She just didn't, she's like, no, it doesn't happen. We're not putting it in the law. Like, no. <laughs> like, who, why? Why would Why would you even suggest it's, that? It's not real. <laughs> just strong repression. Repressive. Clearly. She also needs therapy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> the thing, this is what Foucault, sorry to bring him into this, but he's, <laughs> he loves the Victorian era. Um, so the thing about it is, like, they're repressed outwardly. But in order to repress things, you kind of have to talk about them a lot. Yeah, I do a lot. (laughs) And these people are talking a lot about things. Yeah. (laughs) So they're kind of creating all of this. And this they're creating their problems. They're creating their problems. And this becomes um the larger point of this history, um, which I'll get to eventually. Um this becomes the larger point of this history, and that's kind of what we're still living with today. Yeah. In a lot of ways, what these Victorians repressed. Were, um, so, yeah, if you want to read that in Foucault, it's the history of sexuality, part one. And <laughs> in particular, I think the chapter is called The Repressive Hypothesis. 
you know, it's kind of a critique of Freud, another Victorian figure. Oh, well. Freud. <laughs> we don't need to get into it any more than we already have. But anyway, so yeah, there's that law. And also all these lawmakers at the time that was passed kind of passed it in order to protect children from like rape essentially Mm -hmm. that was why they passed not I'm not sure that's why all of them passed it but I think that was the gist of the law because there was no law against that at the time so it was kind of seen as a progressive thing I could see that it was like this is good like when people do this to children we should punish them legally like now we realize maybe that's not the best it's it's the right idea but wrong execution yeah (laughs) And it is really a bad execution. And people recognize this. They're saying like, this just opens people up to blackmail. Yeah. Because anyone can be accused of gross indecency, whatever that means. Yeah. And so like all of these people are like, "Um, okay, this is bad. Because like, what if someone just wants to accuse me of gross indecency? I just have to do whatever they say or else I'll be sent to. And the punishment, the maximum sentence is two years in prison with or without um, hard labor. Hard labor is like, I don't know, it's bad. It's like <laughs> it's like having to make things for a certain amount of hours every day, but there's no protect like legal protections. Oh, you know? so what we have now, but we just don't <laughs> call it hard labor. We just sent prisoners to fight wildfires and no, 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 we still have, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> we just it's don't a- call it hard labor. We just call it free labor. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the in the United States, there's the exception in the 13th Amendment, which is that slavery is abolished except for yeah pris- for prisoners. They can still be enslaved. Yeah. So that's hard labor. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Basically being, I mean, obviously the conditions of American slavery were different, different than yes. what you would see in an, an American, in an English prison, but it's the concept there, is still there. Yeah, the prisoners there who were doing hard labor were slaves, essentially, <laughs> being treated as slaves. Yeah. Um, so that was the maximum. That's the punishment for gross indecency, whatever that is. <laughs> so people it's are like, so, yeah, so broad. And that, people are yes. like, okay, that's really bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, people like Queensbury are like, hmm. Let's give me some power to do some things <laughs> and to really, you know, you know, really just like um, uh, uh, punish really harshly some people that I don't like. Um, so Oscar wants to file suit against um, Queensberry for libel and libel is um, essentially saying false things about people in public, okay. especially. Um, so all of Oscar's friends are like, please do not do this. It's not going to end well because actually what he said about you is true. So, um, <laughs> you know, this yeah. could end up really, and a lot of people know it and they probably would be able to be coerced to testify. And um, you've been kind of open about it. And <laughs> so please, 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 please don't do it. You'll lose. And it would be really bad. But Oscar is spurred on by Lord Alfred Douglas, of course, and his siblings who are like, no, we hate our father. We want him to suffer. You need to bring this libel suit against him um, to punish him, whatever. Even though there's no legal grounds, essentially. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Obviously, this is not going to go well. Um, Oh, no. I'm not ready. Even even, uh, Wilde's lawyer is like asking him he's like there's no truth behind these accusations right and he's like oscar's like no (laughs) (laughs) i shouldn't laugh it's kind of funny like it is it's a farce it's like that this is how this person ends essentially it's like this stupid stupid thing but anyway he's like no this is not true even though there's like 90 people lined up to say you know it's essentially true. that it's true and have evidence yeah um like written evidence um so uh this libel trial okay so yeah yeah yeah. so anyway um wild gets this prosecutor um queensberry gets his 
defense attorney. I'm not exactly sure what the terms are in British court. But anyway, libel is a criminal charge. Um, but the way it works there, I think, is that individual people can prosecute criminal charges, which is not how it happens in the United States at this time, where the state is always prosecuting criminal charges. Um, so Wilde prosecutes the case. Okay. Um, but he has a lawyer, you know, to help him. Um, so he gets a warrant. The warrant is signed, whatever. They arrest Queensberry. <laughs> they arrest Queensberry, who's obviously furious, gets his attorney. His attorney is a former classmate of Oscar at Trinity oh, College no. Dublin, who, of course, knows Oscar, which not good because Oscar lies, is going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, no. his name is edward carson i believe edward carson the lawyer's okay. names are edward clark and edward carson which doesn't make it very easy to remember who is who <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure edward clark is oscar's attorney and edward carson is queensberry's attorney and oscar's okay. former classmate um so they go to trial and pretty quickly the case turns on wild um, he, uh, yeah. um yep. he takes the stand um, and you know there's the direct examination where his own attorney questions him uh -huh. and then the the, de the defense starts questioning him and they're like how old are you and he's like oh I'm 39 and then but but you know at this point um, I think the it's it's 1895 so he can't be 39 because he was born in 1854 he has to be 40 I think. yeah okay or like the month I think at least like he says the month he was born maybe and like at that point that month had gone by so he couldn't okay. have been yeah. 39 well I don't remember my age half the time and I'm 22 so I understand that okay, mistake well, Nicole, Oscar. you need to get it down before you're <laughs> on trial okay I'm not planning to go on trial anytime soon well, if you ever are you can't lie because they will get you I know <laughs> so anyway what happens this isn't like a big deal of course like lying about your age it's not, yeah but it's just uh, it's a proving point it's not against the law unless you're on the stand <laughs> yeah it just it helps prove their point that it Oscar is a liar. That he's lying, A. And also the fact that he's trying to make himself seem younger, even though it's not that much younger, is bad because the relationship is with this younger man. Yeah. You know, and people are like, that's predatory, even though it really was. I mean, it wasn't. I can just say it was. <laughs> it really, if anything, Lord Alfred Douglas was preying on Oscar. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, there's these ideas about that going on. So yeah. kind of solidifies that as a as an issue um with the jury I don't know judge I don't okay. know anyway so yeah anyway so that's a problem and then the defense attorney kind of starts asking him about literature and tries to get him on like his this literature that he likes being immoral which is a really bad way to win a legal case because reading stuff doesn't make reading anything doesn't um that's not reading anything that can never be a basis for a criminal charge yeah as far as I know I'm no legal expert but reading things isn't evidence of commission yeah. of a crime I agree. anyway anyway also it's just <laughs> to get to the point like this case immediately turns against this is a case that he, Oscar Wilde is prosecuting <laughs> let's just not forget that it immediately turns against him like everyone said it would yeah um <laughs> lord alfred douglas by the way has gone to france to For avoid what? prosecution oh he's like i'm out because he could also be charged under the law of gross indecency so he's like bye um go. robbie ross i think also he was there for a while but oscar was like no go to france like it will be safer for you oscar Aww. i think realizes like, his mistake oh. <laughs> He's like, oh, I <laughs> <up."> <laughs> Robbie Ross is like no I'll be there for you he is in court a lot actually I'm not a, Robbie Ross is in court at some points um like you know actually there supporting Oscar like applauses after Oscar speaks <laughs> we love a supportive friend uh-huh and it's like yay and the judge is like order in the court of course <laughs> I'll hold um, you contempt I don't know if they do that in England but probably. I wouldn't be surprised probably so um 
yeah, this case immediately turns against Wilde. They try to get him on that what he's reading and writing being immoral, but Oscar's like, art isn't immoral. It's just good or bad. You know, that's his yeah. line throughout his life. That's his whole thing. And the court, the the defense attorney is like, oh yeah, actually you're right. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to get you on this point. You're too, you're too well-versed in that. And also it's stupid. Like, yeah. Um, he brings up that quote that I began with as like being immoral and Oscar is like, okay, whatever. It's just like a good line. Your point, your point <laughs> is, I wrote that. It was great. <laughs> so Oscar is just like a better like literary scholar than this person. So it doesn't work out that well. But then the lawyer turns to like, what is actually his good case, which is all this like evidence of him having relationship with other men and Oscar's like oh he kind of tries to skirt that too you know and being like whatever like who cares like why do you care why does any why does this matter to you yeah um it's not about me right now it's about him yeah it's like it's like why, why do you this isn't even what this case is about he says this they're asking him about something that Lord Alfred Douglas wrote he writes uh-huh. this poem and one of the lines is something about the love that dare not speak its name, the love that dare not speak its name. And the um, attorney is like, um, was this poem explained to you? This is from the transcript of the trial, which you can find at Famous Trials by Professor something oh. Lindner. <laughs> anyway. We'll uh, tag I'll, it. We'll, we'll tag it. Um, so he says, was the poem explained to you? And Oscar says, I think that it is dear. He means the love that dare not speak his name. And then he says, there is no question as to what it means. Oscar says, most certainly not. And then the attorney says, is it not clear that the love described relates to natural love and unnatural love? And Oscar says, no. And then the attorney just asks outright, what is the love that dare not speak its name? And then Oscar gives this speech somehow or another in the middle of a courtroom, like offhand, where he's like, the love that dare not speak its name in this century is such a great affection of an elder for a younger man as there it was between David and Jonathan, such as Plato made the very basis of his philosophy and such as you find in the sonnets of Michelangelo and Shakespeare, which is, you know, all true. <laughs> that deep spiritual affection that is a pure as it is, it is a, it is that deep spiritual affection that is as pure as it is perfect. It dictates and pervades great works of art, like those of Shakespeare and Michelangelo, like he just said, that's kind of repetitive. Oscar. Mm. <laughs> we'll forgive him and those two letters of mine such as they are he's referring to letters that had been read out in court personal letters that had been read out in court it is in this century misunderstood so much on misunderstood that it may be described as the love that dare not speak its name and on account of it i am placed where i am now it is beautiful it is fine it is the noblest form of affection there is nothing unnatural about it it is intellectual and it is repeatedly and it repeatedly exists between an elder and a younger man when the elder man has intellect and the younger man has all the joy, hope, and glamour of life before him, that it should be so the world does not understand. The world mocks at it and sometimes puts one in the pillory for it. And then people applause, applause you know, his fans applause, and then other people hiss, apparently. <laughs> so, it says. so anyway, he's like, up there, he's like, why do you care? Like, <laughs> Do you not yeah. love things? Like, <laughs> yeah, we all should love things. But... Yeah, but anyway, they're like, no, um, actually, you're immoral, and we need to prosecute you. <laughs> so the trial, the libel trial, um, Oscar realizes he's losing. He calls it off. He decides not to prosecute it any further. However, the thing is with the law that if you don't win the case, you have to pay for the legal fees of the um, person that you prosecuted. So he's bankrupted by that. Oh, Oscar. He loses all his money and goes into more, even, oh, I guess if you're bankrupt, you don't go into more debt, but you know, he doesn't have any money essentially. Yeah. Um, so that's not great. That's already not great. But these attorneys for Queensbury had been doing a ton of investigate a ton of investigating to build this case against Oscar so they're like we're not done yet <laughs> Oscar oh, decides yeah. to stay in England for some reason instead of fleeing to France That's dumbass I mean it's Sorry, kind of dumb but he's but also like, like I have yeah. to I have to you know they can't just do this like someone yeah has to stand up for this cause yeah. 
you know like he's like this is my whole life the reason of my life like I'm gonna stand up for it it's frustrating yeah he's gonna fight this he again I don't think realizes how severe the punishment for this is gonna be so the second trial begins of Oscar Wilde with Oscar Wilde um so I know we're going long here so kind of no I'm (laughs) just so long I'm just I've learned so much, Drew, about Oscar Wilde. I don't think you understand. I'm explaining his whole life. <laughs> you, you have to, to order to understand how we ended up here. I know. It's like a whole big thing. But it's interesting. I hope people are finding this interesting. The biography itself is like 800 pages. <laughs> so, you know, biographies often are pretty long. Yeah. Um, so the second trial begins. Um you know they have a big case against him um they Uh have these like prostitutes um oh my god okay like people who aren't even prostitutes but just would benefit from blackmailing oscar wilde Uh um they're going so they're gonna they're gonna testify at the trial essentially and people don't really have any reason not to believe them um, and they kind of want to believe them because they want to, they want to, you know, he's, Oscar Wilde is other, he's different, he's not what the Victorian ideal is, so they're like, okay, we want to prosecute you, and in addition to that, Queensbury, of course, knows the Prime Minister of England from his son's affair with him, and so has that bit of blackmail on the Prime Minister, who's in charge of the English government, of course, and so can put a lot of has to essentially put a lot of resources into prosecuting this case and wants to see that Oscar gets the harshest sentence, two years in prison with hard labor, which is what happens. Um, So I think actually it's a third trial in which Oscar is finally sentenced because the first trial is um, the jury won't, they don't hand a verdict essentially. Okay. I can't exactly remember why. Um, but they don't hand, they don't give a verdict to the, um, court. And it might've, I think it was something like, they kind of were like, is this actually a crime? (laughs) You know, they all almost couldn't believe it. Um, but there was another trial and the jury finally, or the jury, or I know, I'm not exactly sure how it works in England, but someone was able to give them a verdict and the judge sentenced him to two years in prison with hard labor. Um, I, I think pretty much the consensus is that the judge didn't want to do that, but he was being like pressured to do it, essentially. Okay, yeah. Um, to like prove a point. That's kind of like a thing. Like so, the judges yeah. sometimes take it upon themselves to prove a point, even though everyone's like, why? Yeah, there's <laughs> so many cases of like one person does like a minor thing wrong, but um judges feel like they have to prove a point to the rest Mm. of society that this is not allowed or I'm like you could have picked a different case but you chose this case to do that but okay (laughs) yeah yeah I mean it's just really bad um it's not good Oscar already had some health issues um you know he I think had cephalus Okay, not surprising, but okay. No, I mean, at that time, a lot of people yeah. died. And that's a disease that doesn't, you know, kill you immediately. But, and it kind of subsides for a while, but eventually it, like, catches up to you. Yeah. Um, and you become very sick and die. Um, but this is, you know, before um, antibiotics. Um, penicillin. So, penicillin. Um, so they send him to prison and he's in contact with people on the outside like various figures they're bringing him books and whatnot uh he writes a really long letter to lord alfred douglas but it's more of like a uh like a it's more of like a um his thoughts on the trial and on his imprisonment and like his like a summary of his life so far um and it's called de profundis um and that I think is published first after he's dead. Um, he gives it to Robbie Ross to hold on to, and Robbie Ross eventually publishes it, I think. Oh, Robbie um, Ross pulling through. I know. 
<laughs> yeah, Robbie Ross is there. Um, so he's in prison. He really like he loses a lot of weight, becomes kind of sick. He's doing this hard labor. People just say like he totally changes. Like he's not really, you know, happy anymore. He used to be mostly happy all the time, I guess. You know, so uh-huh. he's, his life is ruined. Um, you know, um, uh-huh. and he becomes this symbol of like. Um, I don't, he just becomes the symbol of like immorality and like excess and like what that does to you. Um, and, you know, he's, he's really just becomes the outcast or like the symbolic other of Victorian society uh-huh. in some ways. Um, and that's all fine and good, but like he's at this point, it's really, affecting his health and like his life and like his ability to do his art and stuff so he's like um wow uh and he never recovers from he never recovers from that um he does write a few things after he's um released from prison um I should say uh, though while he was in prison his wife visited him Constance and she's like you know she's fine with everything that came out during the trial she's obviously doesn't want him to be in prison because she still loves him and he realizes you know when he's in prison that he's kind of been shitty to her of course like apologizes and like I think they had they kind of um uh uh reconciled to some degree um but uh so Constance they like agree that the children Constance will have full custody of them Constance changes her name and the children's name so that they're not you know Oscar Wilde is just really really reviled so having the name Wilde is not great at this time so um they change their names I think they move to Switzerland Constance doesn't live for very long she dies before Oscar does um and the children though uh, I think Oscar sees them still afterwards, but he's really just not doing well, so it's really not good for them to be around him. I don't think. Yeah. Like he's just sick and uh, not right, and he still sees Lord Alfred Douglas. Um, continues okay. to see Lord Alfred Douglas. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, but there, he's no longer living in England. He's living in continental Europe. You know, traveling. He ends up in Paris which is where he dies. Um, Not surprising. Nope. Uh, apparently the French were fine with all of this. They're like, sure. we. <laughs> no, they weren't, but they just didn't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Um, also, I think the culture in France was a little bit different than in, yeah. in England. Um, Especially their attitude to sex is so different from yeah. England. Yeah. Their whole legal system is also just different. So it wasn't... Yeah that's where people kind of escaped when things <laughs> went wrong where Oscar should have done but he didn't because he didn't realize what the cost of proving his point was going to be which basically was that he died in his death he didn't really write he wrote a few things after he left prison um he he wrote the ballad or at least finished the ballad of Reading Jail um, I just wanted to read another part yeah. from there he's so this is about the law essentially in prison and he says, I know not whether laws be right or whether laws be wrong. All that we know who all that we know who lie in jail is that the wall is strong and that each day is like a year, a year whose days are long. But this I know that every law that men have made for man since first man took his brother's life and the sad world began, but straws the wheat and saves the chaff with the most evil fan. So essentially that like laws are not productive. <laughs> and <laughs> we agree. So <laughs> Um, and just hurt people who really just need to be loved and <laughs> helped. Yeah. Um, yeah. He says, this too I know, and wise it were, if each could know the same, that every prison that men build is built with bricks of shame and bound with bars lest Christ should see how men their brothers maim. Sorry to summarize this poem, but <laughs> I know poetry is just kind of hard to understand on a first reading, and I'm reading it out loud, so I just kind of want to get to the point no, yeah. of what the stanza is. But, like, you know, that, like, prisons are where you put people that you're kind of embarrassed of for various yeah. reasons 
the people that you don't want to deal with you don't want to see them they don't act how a model citizen should act all that air quotes but yeah it's it's what society instead of changing society for it to be more accommodating to others you put them in jail so that society can you know that's how you deal with the people that we put in prisons are the ones that we failed they Mm. didn't fail we failed them because we didn't have the infrastructure to prevent the crimes that they have committed to to make them be part of this prison system and that's what oscar I mean, that's he recognizes that exactly, and is saying like prisons are the lar- like the biggest hypocrisy of society, yeah. of a you know a Christian society, Western society, yeah. is that we build these prisons so that Christ, you know, who's supposed to be the figurehead and um, uh, you know uh, shepherd of all our values, you know, yeah, doesn't see how we treat people that we find icky in some way. Yeah. Um, so that's just, you know, um, then he says, um, with bars, they blur the gracious moon and blind the goodly sun. This is the prison bars. And mm-hmm. they do well to hide their hell. For in it, things are done that son of God nor son of man ever should look upon. The vilest deeds like poison weeds bloom well in prison air. It is only what is good in man that wastes and withers there. Pale anguish keeps the heavy gate and the word is despair. So, I mean... Yeah. He really identifies what a prison is <laughs> in, in his poetry. Yep. Um, there isn't much else to say. Um, he spends the last few years of his life in Paris. He's like kind of an outcast there in some ways, not in the mm-hmm. same way that he is in England, but he like doesn't have that many friends. I think he meets like Proust or something. I'm not sure when. <laughs> exactly but they don't get along so i don't know he's just not he doesn't really have friends he has raleigh yeah. ross who visits him occasionally in paris i guess um and uh he dies robbie is there i think um it's really gruesome like he's just really ill and like, it's bad. like he had meningitis or something oh it's, it's not good like your head just kind of you know explodes a little bit I think um so that was really bad and that was the end of his life wow and he's buried in Paris we saw his we did see his grave um what is that Père Lachaise or whatever yeah cemetery we saw it it's interesting if you want to look it up wow Uh, yes he has the enclosure Mm -hmm. with the glass case right yeah. Or it's like, please don't kiss <laughs> this. Yeah, people throw like, like people, I think like fans. Mostly, yeah. Or like, you know, not fans, but you know, fans. Yeah. I can't think of the word now, but people who like go to graves, you know, um, of people they like, they like throw things kind of at it, like flowers and stuff. And it yeah, or things. not great for the. <laughs> yeah, and or things that are represented in his writings. Or... Mm-hmm things like that but I knew I knew um kissing in his grave was a thing okay I just that's why they <laughs> they're like don't kiss this glass no. I don't know why the symbolism of kissing his grave but it was yeah a thing I don't remember the symbolism of it but mm-hmm. I mean it's nice it's I mean that's nice he has a nice grave you can visit yeah. in Paris I think he liked Paris you know I mean, he was in exile there, essentially, Mm -hmm. but. um, I think Paris is a great place to exile. Yeah, it is. If you have to live somewhere that's not warm. (laughs) Yeah, it's Paris. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. I mean, go visit Oscar if you have a chance. I think Robbie Ross was buried with him or next to him or something. Oh, so we walked next to him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Robbie Ross continued to, um, you know, publish and he became the literary executor of um, Oscar's estate. So like all of his literary productions, he was the, um, I'm not sure if he was the owner or, but he could make all the decisions essentially. Okay. And then, so he published a lot of them. 
um, and, you know, was like an advocate for his work and stuff. So, uh, and Robbie Ross died, I want to say in the 40s. Oh, wow. Okay. Oscar died in 1900. Um, he was 46 then. Okay. Right. Yeah, 46 or 45. <laughs> he did <laughs> like to lie about his age, so it doesn't really matter. We shouldn't respect. Okay, no, uh, Robbie Ross died in 1918. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. He was 49. He died when the war ended. Right, when the war ended. Um, uh, yeah. And Lord Alfred Douglas died in the, he definitely died in the 1940s. He was, he lived a bit he longer. He was younger than them. He was younger um, than them. His life was probably just not as hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was 74 when he died. Um, wow. I mean, I'm not saying that Lord Alfred Douglas's life was easy by any means. Like his dad, dad hated him. The horrible person. Society associated him, obviously, with Oscar Wilde. Yeah. So that was bad. Um, there's this whole notion... And I'm not sure exactly what the status of this idea still is, but it's that the trial of Oscar Wilde was kind of like the invention of homosexuality, essentially. Like before that, people didn't really think of it in the same way that they do now or that that concept that we have of it as something like that a person is and not just something that they do, essentially, is the mm, idea okay. as becoming an identity. Um because people could look at it before and just be like, oh, like, yeah, some people kind of do that. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make them a bad person. It's just something bad. Something that they do. do. Yeah. 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 But then after that, people more and more come to see it as some, like, as a being a bad person. Only bad people do that. Yeah. Kind of stuff, essentially. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so... Yeah, obviously beforehand there was that, there was kind of an idea of it, but the Oscar Wilde trial kind of like all over Europe kind of made it known that this was a type of person that, that exists, that exists and is criminal. And yeah, um, and it wasn't until the 60s that that um, prohibition against gross indecency was abolished, I think, okay. in England. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Oscar Wilde. What a man. I should read his stuff now, eventually, <laughs> at some point in my life. <laughs> I know. I mean, and the thing is, his life is almost more interesting than his works are. Yeah. Just be, his essays are really good. Um, he wrote uh, a collection of essays called Intentions, and his really famous essay in there is called The Critic as Artist. So I would recommend that. Um his literature is good too, but I mean, he, the story of his life is just very interesting. And that kind of proves his point on some level that life is just kind of a story and a narrative, something that we make up, you know, and why shouldn't it be interesting and <laughs> aesthetic? Yeah. You know, why should we have to follow these yeah. weird rules? that other people came up with have set with set for us yeah set for us that are have no basis in anything yeah. <laughs> besides people's prejudices so he lived his philosophy and he made his life um how he wanted to make it um and like i said i don't think he realized that that was going to end up ruining him in the way that it did yeah but I'm not sure he would regret it, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he's the type to regret it. No, I think I, I think he's the type to be like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that, but I already did it. So let's mm. <laughs> let's keep moving. Let's keep pushing. Yeah, he would say like, that's proving my point. Like every, all of this has just proven my point. And it's true, it has. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Just remember him. I just gotta remember I will. Him. I visited his grave. I learned about him. <laughs> now I just got to read some of his essays and mm -hmm. some of his other literatures. Mm -hmm. Love this for me. I think I think that's all we have 
Yeah. Unless you have anything you wanted to add. No, I'm grateful that you brought Oscar Wilde back into my life. Oh, you're welcome. You're I learned welcome. a lot. Um, so I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time. Just have to come back and see what I talk about. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Make sure you read an 800 page bio. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's overkill. Not all of these episodes need to be two hours long. <laughs> We're still working on it. Um, so, yeah. Um, we'll include links to and um, citations for things that were referenced. Yes, so if you want to research more on your own, do your own work, you could definitely do that. Absolutely. Maybe look, well, maybe put some links to pictures too. Um, and yeah, until yeah. next time. Until next time.